Book Interrupted Chronicles capture some of our favorite and funniest moments together from before we were all in the club. If you would like to know who felt clothing was optional at the theme park, or which member flipped the script on her birthday surprise, go to www.bookinterrupted.com unpublished to start your free trial to Unpublished, where our chronicles and inklings live. Trust us, you won't regret it. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Also, you could say it comes across, I think, energetically a little male. Mm. And I don't think that in a bad way. I would personally feel ashamed if somebody lied to me about the time. If you're suffering from burnout, you likely have a deficit in social connection. I wouldn't consider myself a giver. There's a hierarchy for my conflict avoiding. And I never want to be in a fight with my husband. Ever. Like, that's the top. Not listening. Yeah. La, 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 la. Can't hear you. Yeah, it does <laughs> kind of sound like a shut up statement. My body has Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is the goal. And we're gonna talk it out. On Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from September 5th to October 16th. It's Kara's book pick and we're reading Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. This groundbreaking book explains why women experience burnout differently than men and provides a simple, science-based plan to help women minimize stress, manage emotions, and live a more joyful life. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. I have a question. Has anyone read the Downgrow the Logic of Misogyny? No. No. How they reference, because they reference something called the human giver syndrome. I thought that was funny. Human givers and human beings. Mm-hmm. I just found it interesting. And, and just how oftentimes if you identify as a giver, you're the one that offers help and how challenging it is for you to accept help or mm-hmm. ask for it. Uh, well, maybe that's why you guys are really into this too, because you guys are very givers. I wouldn't consider myself a giver. So maybe Which is ironic why, because like, you give so much to the podcast. Yeah, I give things, but I don't, I only give them because I choose to and I want to. I never feel like I have to. I only am in this because I want to be here. I only do this because I want to help. No, I can't even think of a time in which... You don't feel obligated to help. Never. I never feel obligated to give to people or help people. I only do it because I love you and I choose to do it for you. Gotcha. Wow. So I think that's the difference. So I think that's just a very well-developed sense of boundaries is what you got on your hands there, Thanks. Lindsay. Seems very healthy. And I think that's kind of, that's really good. Totally. Yeah. That's the dream right there. That's the gold standard. That's the gold standard. Yeah, I think Kim's the same. She's yeah. like that too. She gives what she's willing to give and you know she's she'll say I'll give this or no I'm not available to do that but sometimes I feel like it's I feel sometimes a little cold-hearted mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like no, no I always think of it this way I when I meet people that have that really well sense of 
to bring it back to the patriarchy, it's completely normal in the other half of mm-hmm. the sex to just like just a better sense of personal, not now I'm talking big generalizations here, but it comes across as cold. Also, you could say it comes across, I think, energetically a little male. And I don't think that in a bad way. That's what I strive for. I strive to have that oh, good sense it's... of boundaries and like, you know, accept and release. Yeah, but then you don't feel as much. Like you guys feel so much. Don't you get that satisfaction? You probably get more satisfaction from giving as well. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on what it is. No? Mm-hmm. no? I think it's more, I think that's personal probably to each their own, but it's that creating need i don't know i there's sometimes there's things that have to be done and somebody's got to do it and if nobody does it then somebody's got to do it so if everybody just goes not me not me not me and if it has to get done it has to get done i don't know right yeah i do it though i would do it Mm -hmm. maybe i don't know it had to get done but does it have to be done what has to get done i think that talking what leah said my husband, so it's interesting that you say that it's more masculine or male because my husband is the one that helps me create boundaries with people outside of our, of our relationship because I'll yeah. bounce it off him and be like, so now I don't immediately react to immediately give. Yeah. I sometimes talk it over with him. I'm like, so this is happening and I was, I might want to do that, but I'm not sure. And then I talk it through because sometimes He'll be like, yeah, if you want to do it, you should do it, you know? Or other times he's like, no, that's way too much. No. Yeah. No. They're, they're using you. No, that's too much. No. Yeah. Or I, I would never do that. It's like a little test if I test it on him. Some things he would never do. And I'm like, no, no, I want to do it. I'm doing it. I don't care. Or I really love them, so I don't care. But there's other situations where I'm unsure. And he's, yes. I think being married to my husband has made it easier for me to create boundaries because I've learned from him because he has very strict boundaries. They're not blurred at all. And I don't have that. Mine are very blurred. <laughs> so now that we've been married for so long, now I'm, I'm better with boundaries with people yeah. instead of just like giving everything as soon as I meet them. And <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, but that's such a nice quality. But I, I like giving. I get something from giving. It's just that I feel sad if I realize it's not reciprocated. Yeah. yeah, that they don't really care about me. And that's. But I wonder: Are you getting something from giving? Or are you getting something by, from being needed? Mm. Sometimes giving is nice. No giving. I think for me, it's giving. I usually don't need anything back. If I give something, it's because I'm giving it. It's when I feel no, like... No, no, no. Yeah, no, I don't mean like in a reciprocal way because you're, oh. what you're getting back is they can rely on you, a sense of self-worth because they're like, oh, you're so useful. You're so good. You're so oh, yeah. like needed. Like you're creating almost... I'm projecting here. I'm just no, spitballing this because yeah. I think that's what I do is I overgive and I burn myself out, but it's completely because I created it because I wanted them to be dependent upon me and then I feel burnt out and then I've decided I'm done with them because they burn me out. That would be like the worst case scenario. Right. I'll watch out for that, Leah. You know? (laughs) I don't think you have anything to worry. She has a sister who's a taker and Leah's the giver. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I think you're a giver too. I think I like to give. Certain giving makes me feel good, right? But then there's another part where sometimes, yeah, I guess I feel like obligated that th- things have to 
I'm not good at boundaries, but also if somebody's going to react very poorly and it's going to be more emotionally draining to say no, I'll just say yes, because I only have so much mm-hmm. energy to manage. And so if somebody makes it way, way harder to say no, then maybe I'll just say yes. Totally. For, from a, for a safety perspective, like an emotional safety perspective. Yeah. I hate conflict. So there are some people that it's like really, really hard to maintain a boundary with because you're like, okay, we're going to put up a boundary now and it begins, right? So it's not just like, here's the boundary. It's like, here's the boundary. Here's the boundary. Here's the boundary. Here's the boundary. Yeah. And you're doing like all this maintaining. How long can I sustain that and keep the boundary? How many times can I set this boundary a different way before they stop trying to break it down? So it depends, right? So sometimes I'll just be like, I don't have the energy for that. It'll just be easier to do it. Because they know. Mm-hmm. They know you're going to break. So it's like they're just pushing you until you break. <laughs> well, I think it's like I choose your battles, mm. right? That's fair. So, That's know. another thing because I'm a conflict avoider. So sometimes I'll do the same. I was oh, just going to. yes, just to avoid the conflict. But then that's why it's good that I bounce it off my husband. Because I'd, there's a hierarchy for my conflict avoiding. And I never want to be in a fight with my husband ever like that's the top that's the one I'm most anxious about being in a fight with him not that we fight very often but I hate that because my home is like my sanctuary and he's my calm right so the fight at home makes me the most anxious so if he's like that's too much you shouldn't do that I would rather get in a fight with that person outside than Mm. my husband be like well now you're doing it and now there's consequences and doing the thing he said that would go wrong so so maybe you need someone that'll help you. Well, maybe not, but I don't know. That's, well, that's the thing. Me. If once I set it, I'm, I don't want to back down. So I like it won't. So it's like, that's the thing. It's like, how long can you set a boundary and keep it? How many years can you keep saying this is the boundary over and over? It's just, it adds it up depending on how many, mm-hmm. you know, how many persistent. Yeah. You to, like, Sorry, choose. Mayor. I admit you know? it. It's yeah. me now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, I Jeez. told you. She does. I told she's you, a, She's a smart one. She keeps testing. She's like, I'll come in from this angle this time. <laughs> I get it. All right. I get the point. I know. As soon as you said that, I'm like, maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny because that's my, like, Sally in my head. I'm like, it's you. What are you doing? You're making your sister pushing her over the edge. And I'm like, no, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> become better with boundaries over the years, but, you know. I do like saying yes to some things. So I'm very optimistic. Like, can you do that? Yes, I can. But I don't think, do I have the time to do this? <laughs> I can do anything. <laughs> that was, I absolutely get that. My mom would be like, you can do anything you put your mind to. It's like, yeah, but there's like limits to how much you can physically do. <laughs> oh, I'm the total opposite. I hardly commit to anything. Okay, oh, maybe, maybe I'll see you. Maybe I'll do whatever. Okay, I'll try, but I can't guarantee that I can do that generally. So yeah, I never say yes, rarely say yes to things, even plans. It's really hard for both Laird and I, but all of us feel like, okay, we're trying to make a plan with you. Okay, I will try to be there. And most likely I'm there, but I don't like to commit because then I feel bad about not doing it. 
So I feel like I could learn so much from you. Shway. No. So like in your wording, you even say the words try. So you're verbally, you're even very clear. It's not good for anybody in my life because they all hate it beyond belief because they're like, well, just tell me you're going to be there or not. Tell me you can do it or you can't. And I'm like, well, I think I can do it, but I just need to make sure that I have time and that I can figure it out and put it there yeah. or do whatever. So it's not a good trait. Do not learn from me, I tell you. Well, that's how I know that you love me because whenever I come to visit, you're like, we're setting a plan and you make the plan with me. And I'm like, yeah. She's committed. I do. I do for you guys. I'll do it for, I try my best to do it. It's just, it's hard for me. Really hard. My husband's immediate, his first response to something is always no. And my first response to something is always yes. But those two. Yeah. I have trouble between the conceptual yes and then the actual you know, theory versus practice in my mind. And it is around time is that I'll be like, yes, of course. I love that. But then that is in a different area of the brain from the reality. Like this is what your day-to-day looks like. So I should almost engage habits around. I got to delay the yes so that I can come down to earth, actually look at how it would play out. And then I can get back to people. Why you say, I'd love to look into that. So you can kind of say yes. Yes, yeah, I will look I would into love it. To look into that. <laughs> yeah. It's very yeah. important for me to like do what I say I'm going to do. And I'm never late. I'm never late. I cannot be late. It's just a thing for me. I'd rather be five minutes early than five minutes late. Oh man, I am yeah. late for life. But I like to arrive two minutes early or somewhere like right on time. I don't want to be early. I don't want to be late. So I come a little bit early, wait a little bit, right on time. Boom. But how do you do it? To me, I was like, there is now time and there's future time. Those are the only two times that exist. And if it's in the future, it's like, la, la, la. And then if it's now time, I was like, oh shit, I got to be there like now. I have a very good idea of how long it takes me to do things. In high school, it took me 11 minutes from leaving my house to my locker with my books on the way to classroom, 11 minutes. And I knew it. I knew how long it took me to shower everything so I could sleep in the most I could and like walked into my classroom as a bell went off I just know because I can't be late I told my kids I'm like I will not be late if we're late then we're not going we will not be late it's so rude to be late you're showing people that you don't care about their time more than your time how do you feel about when Kara and I are always late (laughs) no I don't feel offended by that I know you guys are late Okay. But if I have people who are always late, we'll just tell them the wrong time. That's what Leah does to my dad and I. (laughs) But I don't want anybody to do that to me. Because if anybody ever did that to me, I would feel ashamed. (laughs) But I'm not saying you guys should feel ashamed. No, I love it. I would personally feel ashamed if somebody lied to me about the time. Oh, lie to me about the time all the time. Please tell me. Yeah. Lie for sure. And I'll be there on time. (laughs) I try. But the people that I care about who are always late, I know they're late. So I just plan around it. I'll say, well, this person, I'm going to add an extra two hours or something. Some people are just notoriously really, really, really late. Yeah, I heard, who was it? I think one of Bob's cousins was telling a story about her best friend is perpetually three hours. I was like, no, no, no. Like that doesn't even count as late. That's in a whole other category of late. How would you ever make plans with someone who's perpetually two to three hours late? Uh, in Senegal, people are consistently an hour to two hours late. Okay. In Senegal. I'm usually on time or 15 minutes late. That's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> right on time or 15 minutes late. 
But in Senegal, I'm always the first one there. Like sometimes I'm rushing into the house because I'm leaving the house when I just arrived somewhere. And I'm like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> no one else is there yet. Just me. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. It takes the pressure off. Everyone just strolls in when they get there. Yeah. But it's nice for someone that's 15 minutes late, usually. <laughs> I feel really that's a great, great grace period. <laughs> yeah. Like, look yeah. at me. Nailed it. Yeah. Again. Okay, five minutes before everyone else. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> Invite me to something else. (laughs) I'll do it again. But I'm like Meredith in the sense of when I commit to something, I always do it. If I'm going to do something, I always do it unless there's some sort of extreme circumstance that crisis. Yeah, some crisis. Yeah, you guys are great with integrity that way. When I commit, I commit. So mine's like negotiable. (laughs) It's negotiable. (laughs) It's one of the things I'm working on in this life. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. All right, so my interruption is bats. So I would say I have an unhealthy fear of bats. My mother says it's because my grandmother once got a bat cut on her hair, and maybe that's where it stems from. I have no idea. We have bats where I live, and on the rare occasion, they get into the house, and a little baby bat got in the house, and we were watching a family movie. We had a family movie night, and all of a sudden, the kids said they saw something in the hall. I stopped and I went in the hall to look and a bat swooped down at me and it was just the tiniest baby bat and I screamed and jumped onto the floor and started crawling towards back to the family to my husband where all the kids and my husband were just bursting out in laughter because the bat was so small. We eventually just opened all of our sliding doors and windows and the bat flew out. But my interruption is bats. Because I couldn't watch the rest of the movie. I had to go to bed because I was so afraid. <laughs> All right. Book interrupted. So yeah. in the many reviews I read, they talked about the TLDR. Oh, yeah. Too long, didn't read. Too, yeah. too long, oh, didn't yeah. read. Kara, considering you've mm-hmm. read the book, do you recommend reading that bit of the book? Because it's a little bit of a summary, right? Because one girl said, just read those bits and you don't have to read the whole book. Mm-hmm. I did audio book and I don't recall that part. It sounds like it's almost a Cole's notes. Yeah, like it yeah. has a little summary at the end of each chapter. Oh, and what a nice feature. So then it says a little quick four points or whatever at the end of each chapter saying, this is what we talked about. Oh. This summarizes the chapter. And they use that acronym because I guess that acronym is used on social media if someone put a post that's too long, which I didn't know. Did you guys know oh. that? I didn't no. know that. I've seen it before. No. I just don't read it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it's too long, I was like, skip. Meh. But it makes sense in our world in which everything has to be like bite-sized and quick that people... Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's sort of rude though. If someone wrote that to me... Yeah. That's just rude. Yeah, like, just don't read it. You don't have to tell me. Yeah, just don't read it. You don't need to yeah. make the time to be like, you. what you said was too long. I didn't I read it. bother reading it. Just skip it. I don't care. Yeah. I think it's intended to be rude. When someone's trying to, like, bottle your name, like, too long, didn't read. Not listening. Oh. Yeah. La, 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 la. Can't la, hear la, you. La. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of sound like a, a shut up statement, yeah. essentially. Yeah. 
but within the book, it sounds like it's a kind of a nice feature. Yeah. I just want to jump to the summary on this one. Or like here, I read all this stuff, but I didn't read it straight through. Okay, now I remember. And mm-hmm. it'll be good for our final episode when we need to remember what Yeah, was we could book. just flip through and be like, oh yeah. no, they, it's in chapter five, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what was this book about? Oh yeah, yeah. all right. right. Talking points. I was thinking about Kim, how she's like, I never remember the books after we read them. Just go to the, the end final of now, chapter. Just um, go to the end of our chapter. Remember what you read. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that there are a lot of notes. There are obviously a ton of references. They've referenced pages and pages mm-hmm. and pages, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice to see that it was well-researched, which I like. Yeah, see, I'm finding things I like already. See? Slowly coming around. This is good. I also like that they put it in a story. Like I started the first chapter and they said they were going to do that and they made mm-hmm. it like a little story at the beginning. This one is about Julie. Julie mm-hmm. is a teacher, a, a public school teacher, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, like I like that they make a little story and then they start doing the whatever because I don't know if Julie is going to be throughout the whole book, but it'd be nice if there was a character. So it... she is. Yeah. The characters that they introduce, I think it's three different ones. They carry them through the entire book. And I appreciate that as well. They did that also a different author, the Conscious Leadership Group put together a book called The 15... The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, and they led every chapter with a story so that it became more real to you. These aren't just ideas of make sure you're up at 5.15 every morning and you get in your run. If that's the recommendation, then the lead story to the chapter is giving an example of an individual who has incorporated that and what problems it solves and what benefits they get out of doing it in a not sort of tell it to you, shove it down your throat sort of way. That was like Leah's book too, right? The Oprah one, whatever it was called. That's what they did. They had like little stories, right? Yeah, they did. And Mm -hmm. then they sent them the message. Yeah. What was oh, that yeah. book called? Why can I not think of it? Um, Leah, what was your book? What happened, what happened, to, you? What happened, what happened to, you? to you, right? Yeah. The one everybody loved. Oh, yeah. The one I never finished. Oh, my God. I became <laughs> so attached to the one character, Jesse, that was carried through that book. See? So similar idea. Yeah. Yeah. The question, if... So the book is called Burnout. Do... What's the question? I don't want to, I was going to say, does anyone feel burnt out or does anyone feel burnt out recently? But I know one of the answers. (laughs) I mean, I guess I can ask that question or more like, do you feel as an adult, you've felt burnt out on numerous occasions? Yeah. That's just like my cycle. (laughs) Like totally like do a bunch of stuff. Then life gets busy and all my commitments stack up and I try to finish them all and I get burnt out and I crash Mm -hmm. uh, and then I start again. That's just like my life. And then do you take time in between the burnout and the crash when you start again? No, maybe when my kids are older. I'd say I probably used to take more time. I don't know. I think usually- Do you want uh, that to change or do you like- do you, No, it'd be that... lovely to change. I think my husband will get a little burnt out too. We just try to support each other. But like, you leave the house now. <laughs> and I yeah. try to like, you go somewhere. And then he'll be like, you need to get out of here. And, you know, try to help ourselves that way. And- recently we had really hard time and the one person that I've always been able to rely on my whole life even when I can't rely on myself uh, came to visit 
my mom and she helped out. I was like, I can't. And she was here. She's like, you guys are just going all the time. Yeah. That's why we asked you to be here day to night, seven days, just like, go, 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 go. She's like, I don't know how you do it. I was like, we couldn't do it without you here. So that was nice. It wasn't a break because it was very hard, but we did go camping this weekend. We went camping last weekend, which is nice. So no, I don't know. I would like it to change. I feel like it'll be easier to take breaks once the kids can stay home by themselves. I'll be able to leave and go on more walks and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's not really in the cards. So people say just maybe hire they- a babysitter, but I stay home from work on purpose. So you can't just hire a babysitter all the time. Maybe there'll be some tools in here that'll help. Yeah. Right? I know. I looking at, it, I was like, like exercising. I'm like, this is why you need a dog, right? Because I used to go on several walks and it was an obligation in a way. Like I like taking the dog on a walk or whatever and training a dog, but having an obligation where I'm doing work, my kids don't need more for me. If I'm doing something that looks like it's not for myself, it's easier to manage if it's for mm. somebody else, right? It's harder for them to process that kind of mom needs me time. Mm-hmm. The more stressed I get, the more they cling on to me. So Maybe you do need a baby, not like a babysitter. Yeah. I mean, we, had, we had a nanny. Like a mother's helper. Uh, yeah, that's kind of similar. But we had someone that was just there for a couple of hours when my mom was working or whatever, and she grew up with us. So she was kind of like a grandmother. And it was just easier. And then so sometimes she would stay a little extra when my dad got home from work so he could get settled. Mm-hmm. And Right. Like, if I go back to work full time, there'll be more free-flowing money. And we'll have yeah. more, but actually there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Cause my youngest is going to do daycare Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays, starting in September. So September is our like, nice. my oldest will be in school and my husband doesn't work Fridays. So we will have a day nice. where we can just be adults, Together. just adult day. Well, I would argue that that's going to help with burnout because one of the biggest takeaways from this book was it's not just about the to do do this do this do this this will help combat stress and burnout it was the actually if you're suffering from burnout you likely have a deficit in social connection yeah that that was the link and i was like what what are you saying (laughs) connecting more deeply and intimately with people you genuinely care about combats burnout it was just the weirdest idea more human connection points there was a relationship with that and this never-ending to-do list of produce 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 I can't just blame my kids though because when I worked full-time my to-do list was so long that I would get burnt out at work too you know it's just personality just I don't know Try to get everything done. But, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not like a clean freak. I would like everything to be clean, but I'm okay with them being dirty if I just need to, like, maybe watch a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I get the I get the work burnout. Yeah. One of the reasons I moved to Senegal, because I was burnt out. Yeah, that was one so. of the major pushes towards trying a Senegal life, wasn't it, Sarah? Yeah, I was fully burnt out. Any opportunity I had to tell someone, I'm like, I'm getting off this crazy train. This is insane. I'm not doing this anymore. It's too hard being a corporate person and having two small children. It was too hard. I was so burnt out. And I have a personality like Meredith that I have to get the to-do list done. I have to. I said I would. The only way for me (laughs) was to literally transport me out of my life. 
but yeah, Ooh. working full time and having kids is a challenge for my personality. I'd say even just working full time for sure. Yeah. yeah even like Schweitz was saying, like 55 hours consistently every single it's just such an emphasis on like clock time, calendar time, put in your time so you can get the paycheck so that you can have this freedom. And it's like, whoa, if we're burning ourselves out just with the work week in and of itself, I find it hard when I'll just give her for work. And then I'm like, wow, my free time, I get to be on zombie mode. Awesome. Yeah. I just sometimes yeah. think there's something wrong with the balance within the system itself. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. doing my job, not for the paycheck because I shouldn't do my job if it was for the paycheck. <laughs> not that I get paid that less, but like I'm doing this because it's a stepping stone in my career because, yeah. you know, for the Psalm, mm -hmm. sommelier stuff. And I'm getting there where I'm figuring out the job so I can balance a bit better, but it's hard. It's a hard job. And especially, I mean, Mayor was saying about keeping your smile on or whatever. And in the restaurant industry, you always have to look pleasant and have a smile and be on all the time. So for 10 hours a day, well, we're supposed to work nine, but I never am there for nine hours that, you know, you're on and then you're talking to staff and you're, so then you're giving that way. So I guess I do give in a way, but that's for my job. That's my job personality. I feel like it's different, mm -hmm. but it's, I don't know that burnout is the right word for me, but I can definitely understand the giving everything to work or giving everything to your kids or whatever it is. And then feeling like you don't have enough left for the rest of your life because <laughs> it can't yeah. be just one thing. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. it could, but. I don't want it to be one thing. I'm not defined by my work. I'm defined by many other things. So, so I totally feel. the balance is so hard, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Leah, do you feel burnout? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've been pretty damn burnt out. I think that this whole podcast caught me in a really, from when we started to now, it's just been a very, like a real transitioning time in my life. So I've been just going through so much learning a lot more about myself and then dealing with, you know, a lot of my mental health issues that I had ignored for a lot of years and just been like, well, that's just, you know, who I am. That's how I am. And so I've really just aligned with this podcast. So I've had a lot of burnt out. I think I've burnt out a lot over the years. I'm kind of cyclical, like what Meredith was describing. And it's, it's interesting how that's so exhausting, but also breaking that cycle is exhausting because it's what is familiar to you. And the highs are so high. The manic states, manic sounds like a harsh word, but I just mean like the productive side before the crash is so intoxicating that not having it feels, even though it's followed by the crash and sometimes longer states of depression, it's so good when you're up. It's really uncomfortable to medicate myself out of it because oh. I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to live that way anymore because the lows are getting longer and lower and the highs are getting higher and wilder. There's been different ages where my high-low kind of mindset, I think in my 20s it was pretty wild, but that was more probably chemical-induced elsewhere <laughs> perhaps <laughs> yeah recreationally but um yeah I'm always doing that to myself and I have to keep relearning the same lesson over and over and over it's amazing to me it's like the period thing when we were reading Being seeing red. red 
I get my period almost every 28 days and it's always fucking just a new thing. Just keep relearning the same things <laughs> over and over and over. So I get frustrated with just how long it takes. It's hard to, <laughs> it's not my preset to be kind of what I call the middle of the Oreo. I live on the outsides of the Oreo and I've defined my own character around that personality. I think this book couldn't come at a better time because I'm calm enough now to take in information. I don't do very good learning when I'm in a cycle. Yeah. In productive cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does it feel just amazing when you're on it? Well, it's annoying because I know enough now to observe myself. Oh. So I, because of the work, I observe myself and I go, fuck, here I go. Before I just do, I just lived in it. But now I'm like, oh, fuck, it's 1 a.m. And I'm just drawing and drawing and drawing or doing some creative thing or organizing and organizing and organizing or planning menu plans for like events that don't like just planning, making lists, go, go, go. <laughs> and I know now because I can observe myself, it's frustrating because I'm like, fuck, I know what comes next. You're like, I'm going to pay for these menu plans later. Yeah. 12 hour days all in a row. And I'm making all this money and I'm creating all this art on people. And like my energy is really high and I'm really happy, but I know what comes next. And being perimenopause has made it unbelievably harder because the hormone component has leveled up the anxiety to a place where I just don't, I can't keep riding that train. I don't know. I'd have to get my family's perspective on it, Kara, but I feel like I might burn out people around me too, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. no, never. Too much planning. All the plans. It's like, yeah, the pace of life it is to live with me and then taking care of me after. It's funny when you talk about organizing and stuff, it's like sometimes when too busy and kind of stressed, then it's like, okay, I can't stand whatever. I'm like, they'll be like, you're reorganizing that. Yeah, I was like, it is that. driving me nuts and I can't stand it anymore. Right. And he's like, you're supposed to be working on this other thing. I'm like, but I can't because I can't think because my brain's not working anymore. Because this is bugging me. <laughs> then I'll get to it. Yeah. But the, yeah, I do that a lot. Right. You do like, that too. That's how I get stuff I done. Normal, when it? I procrastinate on this, I get the other thing done. Yeah. I get obsessed over, I'm like, that's oh, I got to clean right. out this drawer now, even though that's the last thing that I need to do because there's 3000 Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody totally do does that. that maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Procrastinating. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Or I'm like, this one thing needs to be done and I go crazy and stay up till whatever in the morning to get this one thing done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't procrastinate, but I'm overly focused yeah but once again because i'm a conflict avoider and my husband i never want to be in a fight with him he'll get upset he will be like there's consequences for this for you no, staying no, up I'm, until I'm 3 a.m i'm i'm over i'm finished doing this now <laughs> and then i try to like okay i'll have to drop something that isn't a priority to get this priority done because then my husband's gonna be like nope Mm -mm, we're not doing this he sounds like a course, very good I'll crash year. I'll crash and cry and have a fit yeah. and yell at the kids like something else is happening he makes he makes the boundaries yeah. for me he sounds like a very kind mirror a kind mirror he's perfect for me <laughs> yeah like he shows you a version of truth mm -hmm. but without criticism he's like yeah okay that's how that's gonna go it's an interesting yeah, I wish I had more mirrors in my life.
And I had that when I went to therapy and stuff before the other, but it's yeah, different yeah. living with someone that's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That really sees you. Because mm-hmm. I, like you guys know, I can shut off sound. Yes, she can. I've lived with her. I can just do my things till I'm run ragged. My husband is more subtle. He'll just go, uh, so how are you feeling? <laughs> I go, why? He's like, you bought an awful lot of things today. <laughs> But we needed yes, like, well. did we? Did we? I was like, oh, hmm. Good point. Maybe we shouldn't go do that big thing I was planning. He's like, maybe we should just have a quiet evening and watch a movie. He's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Oh, like your energy is yeah. going, you're getting very productive. And mm-hmm. time to just bring that production down a little bit. I yeah. always thought since you met him when we were younger, mm-hmm. I always, always thought he was such a great balance for you like, there because me too. him around. You were so much like centered. He's so calm, right? He was so always so great. I always thought, you know, he is just your perfect yeah. counterpart perfect. so that he mm-hmm. can balance your ups and downs and bring you in. And yeah. I love when he's yeah. like talking about like getting upset at work or whatever. He's like, I got upset. I was like, oh yeah. You know, he might say something about how he thinks people are going to react. I was like, nobody can read you. <laughs> like I can read you. <laughs> Probably no one knew you were upset. Because he's just even keeled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. There's a woman that I work with who is like that. And it's lovable teasing joke that we have that she could be experiencing something that's like a level 10, but she always presents at like a level two. So like you would never know if like the struggle is real or whatever, because she's only ever going to present at a level two. And it's only after time with that person that you start they have subtle subtle tells but for the most part like no one would know if she was like and I got good and mad I'd be like yeah was anyone aware of this anger like (laughs) other than you I wonder if she's just like that at work if that's her work persona and then at home she lets it out more or whether she's always yeah that would be interesting of the story she shared it seems like she's still consistently regardless of context like that Mm. but whereas like I am total nut I was like I'm gonna put in all my energy trying to make people think I'm normal and then I'm home and I'm like (laughs) Um, I'm like how about you emotionally react more to you know, <laughs> you're talking about work and it makes me come back to this book because one of the things they say about like completing your stress cycle is exercise and I was fortunate in one of my past jobs where it was in a big like factory type setting so if I got to the point where it's like zip totally stressed to the point where like I know I'm starting to get burnt out when I just can't think like the mind is blank like, I try to think of something it's just nothingness right But if I'd get really stressed out at work, I'm going for a walk and you can walk, walk and walk and walk. There's so many stairs, you know, you could go up 10 industrial size staircases and still part of your job going around and checking out everything that's going on. And that was good. Get that out of your, out of your body. And then your your mind becomes clear again. And I just think about all the jobs that you can't, it's not in your job description to walk away. From it's your not station. in your job description to look after yourself so that you can mm. perform in a productive way. Maybe I should keep that in mind. Any job I take should include some kind of- I think it should. Walking around. <laughs> Work at a restaurant. Around. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I think like, that's what waitressing is <laughs> good for. Mm. You're on your feet the whole time. 
It's true. But your feet hurt after a while. So. And you might be oh, walking God. around the people that are stressing you out. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to mm-hmm. smile the whole time. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not a good fit. Yeah. No, same, not, not, it's <laughs> super stressful and exercise. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't be a server. I did it once in a retirement uh, residence. So I, there was only like two choices of meal every night. <laughs> the same people every day I couldn't remember anyone's name it'd be like a table of eight I just remember their orders it's between one and two I just just I was not good at the job I'm so bad at this it didn't get any better I didn't have that job for very long it's not an easy job people think it is but it's not it's not no not at all it's not easy it is not no there is like an art to it and yeah i'm like you meredith it requires skill sets i do not have right it's not that's not my job i'm not good at it but you do get that a different type of high than leah was talking but you get a high after you do a really hard night though. oh yeah you do? like after it's over you're like yeah i did it I did that <laughs> You feel awesome. Yeah. It's hard to sleep. And it's like three in the morning. Adrenaline. Like, yeah. I rocked that. Oh. Well, you probably get a high because Chuck, that day is over. Now I can go home. Yeah. Made a lot of money. Yeah. Did everything I was supposed to do. And there's a checklist to finish yeah. up. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you guys did it. It was way too It was like an ADHD nightmare. I was like, there's noises everywhere. And I can't distinguish between the level of importance for the noises there's visual things happening every the only thing I was good at was memorizing the orders so I could have worked with Meredith I loved memorizing who I didn't want to write it down but that's where it ended folks I was like I don't care if you ever actually get your food I don't care if you enjoy it I was like just look after yourself would you I was horrible I don't know how you do it you definitely bond too over like when you do a really, really hard shift with staff and you're all in it together. It's oh my God, we made it through that. Like you are so close to everybody you worked with after a really hard, busy shift. Yeah. It's kind of like what this says in the book in the introduction, like the whole running from the lion, you complete the stress cycle because at the end, everyone's like, yeah, we killed the lion. Let's celebrate. You, You connect at the end right? Ah. So you complete the stress cycle. So waitressing does that. You have a crazy bad night. And after you do it, it's like everyone bonds like, man, that was crazy. But you've finished it. You feel so good. You're with the other people. Everyone's feeling good. You're telling stories about crazy customers, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You're completing the stress cycle. Oh, maybe more (laughs) workplaces need, you know, because they like to go, we're going to do our postmortem on whatever job we're working on. Mm -hmm. But maybe you need to make it more like a rap party, make it less bureaucratic and more like celebratory. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually not a bad idea. I think advertising, don't they do that? They all go out and drink and stuff, maybe. Not all. Sure, there's industries that do that. Oh, I'm sure they would with those multi million dollar deals. Yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. they definitely, yeah. I mean, businessmen or and women, sorry, now patriarchy, I just said businessmen, business people, they definitely will come to celebrate at the restaurant. That's their kind of release uh, when they close big deals or whatever, mm-hmm. excited. So. Yeah, that's why it's always a shame well, when like, well, companies cancel things. I mean, I know not everybody celebrates Christmas, but there used to be Christmas parties, even just events where everybody can come and get together and just like have fun because that kind of stuff does create team kinship i don't know what to, I can't yeah. The word. yeah it does though it does yeah yeah totally team bonding mm-hmm. yeah. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Can't get enough of the Book Interrupted crew? There's a YouTube channel for that. You guessed it. Book Interrupted YouTube channel has a bunch of extra footage to explore. You can see behind the scenes of making a Book Interrupted or just listen to one of our playlists. You can also find all episodes, sneak peeks, and silly videos featuring the Book Interrupted members. If you like what you see, give us a like and subscribe so we can stay connected and share more. Book Interrupted YouTube channel, filling the void between episodes. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Come on, Kara, shed the effing victim mentality. Very narrow definition of what a woman is in society. So if you're not that person, this book isn't for you. Trying to complete my stress cycles all over the place. But five or six years ago, I could have really used this book. And every time they wrote it, they wrote dash U-G-H, right? Every single time that Every single time. The least I can do is force him to kiss me for six seconds. So that's what we do now. And he's all like, what's happening? I'm like, we're completing your stress cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Book interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.